Hey, everybody. Um, welcome back to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. recap podcast, Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I am one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. Hi, Jared. Hello. What's happening? Not much. Got some uh, significant stuff starting with S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, yeah. Um, finally, the like main plot of the season is coming around, and we're introduced to a new character in this episode um, that is going to play quite a bit of significance throughout a couple seasons, I, I believe. I think two, two seasons, three seasons. I can't remember now. I mean, I mean, it sort of even goes into the most recent season. With, yeah, uh, the second half. Yes, yes. So well, I guess even the first half. Wow, yeah, no. This is long reaching stuff. Yeah, so it's good. Um well let's jump right in. Oh, uh first of all, um <laughs> uh if you have not caught up with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., or if you are new to the show, you can watch it on Netflix. Uh, all five seasons that are available are there. Um, and this is a spoilery podcast, but we do have a spoiler section at the very end. So if you are not caught up through the end of season five, um, just know that that spoiler section will be announced. We will give you plenty of warning, but you should go watch the rest of it and catch up because we talk about some good stuff in the spoiler sections, and I don't want you to miss out. Um. So the, we're going to be talking about season one, episode five, titled Girl in the Flower Dress. Uh, it was written by Brent Fletcher, directed by Jesse Botchko, and it originally aired October 22nd, 2013. And the episode begins in Hong Kong. Um, there's a street performer using just the standard sleight of hand magic Um and there's there's this dude with his girlfriend, I'm assuming, who's talking to to her in um, whatever dialect of Chinese that they speak in Hong Kong. I believe it's Cantonese. Um, and he's calling her his trick lame. And the street performer gets upset and he shoots fire at them out of his hands. Um, and interesting uh, about the actor that plays the guy who's like, oh, his trick is lame. Um, Jared, you're just telling me that uh, you're listening to a podcast that this this actor who is now big <laughs> he wasn't at the time but yeah he was not uh he was i think just kind of getting appearances on screen he'd been acting for a little while here and working as a comedian but it's uh jimmy o yang who is also also i think just had a really successful uh prose book that he released oh, nice. about his experiences growing up and uh he is from hong kong and he moved here i think as a young teen and uh it, with his with his uh, family and he has been acting for several years he's kind of made it big i think first in silicon valley as mm -hmm. J, uh, jing yang and he is uh gotten a more i think important role as that show's gone on and also become like less stereotypical and less of a punchline for the other characters uh, or and uh Gonna become more more of a well rounded character. In fact, he's kind of become a villain for a slight yeah. like, Valley spoiler. Like he's kind of their main villain now, which is <laughs> awesome considering where he started out. Where he wasn't he wasn't a uh, made to, to be. He wasn't portrayed as unintelligent or or uh, I don't know. He, he was he he was almost he was almost like a straight man to a clown that T J Miller was playing. <laughs> but he was also the butt of jokes a little bit as well and. 
like at this point now he's like this Machiavellian character and it's kind of awesome to have seen him evolve. But yeah, he, he was on this uh, great uh, podcast called Yo, Is This Racist? by uh, Andrew T. and Tawny Newsom that I, I really enjoy that I think is on the Earwolf Network. And I, I uh, if you have Stitcher, you can listen to it without ads. and It's on every podcatcher, pod, podcast player. And then he had a really great role in, in Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, yeah, he did. He plays, um, oh my God, I forget. He's like the annoying friend one of the groomsmen and I'm his name his character's name is escaping me right now but he's great oh man he, he was uh he was so good he was talking about this uh, idea he wants to pitch a movie that's a, a standalone or spinoff sequel to the hangover movies with oh. him and and ken jeong where he wants yeah. he wants to call it son of chow <laughs> and he plays his son but he is a he is like him where he is an immigrant who grew up for a large you know portion of his time here in America and has uh, adapted quite a bit and he call and his idea was like about a third of the way through the movie he calls out Ken Jeong's character and is like this is all an act like stop <laughs> stop doing this for everyone all these white people's benefit and I was like oh my god I, I need this movie to happen <laughs> like like it, was, it feel like it would be the funniest movie oh my god that <laughs> he said that it, it would be great because it would actually be a learning experience because he's like all the stupid racist people who laugh at it for the wrong reasons would would be lulled into a false sense of security and maybe right. actually learn a lesson <laughs> and he's like and, and everyone else would just enjoy the payoff but uh it was just a. It, it, it wasn't like a blink and you miss it cameo in in this episode. Like you could tell it's him once you know it's him. But it's weird. Oh yeah. Like you were saying, like he was not at all famous at the time. He was just a guy in a, an episode of Shield. But now, now going back and watching it, he's uh, uh, unmistakable. And it's Definitely. Kind of cool. Um, I haven't really been paying attention to some of the background characters, but now I kind of want to start doing that to see if there's anyone. Because I mean, this was five years ago. It's true. That this you aired. think about shows like uh, like Law and Order or whatnot, and like yes. anyone that goes on for any length of time, you end up seeing everyone on it. And like I never really watched the uh, C- uh, CSI shows, but I think they became kind of same. same thing. Yeah. And. Yep. Uh, yeah, I can't help but wonder. That's a really good point. How, just, how many people will we see in these ep- upcoming episodes where we're like, oh, I know them. Yeah. <laughs> well, even upcoming up, uh, slight spoiler, I guess, for the show. I don't want to spoil it. I'll wait for the spoiler <laughs> section. But, okay. th- but there are people There are people who, who will be appearing this season who I can think of who have like successful TV shows. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting. So, yeah. Okay, so to continue from uh, Jimmy Yang, the straight performing audience member <laughs> who gets fire shot at him. Um, so straight performer shoots fire at him. Uh, there's a woman in a flower dress standing there watching, and she seems very entranced by the straight performer. And her name is Raina. She's played by Ruth Nega, um, who's freaking amazing in everything, uh, but... If you haven't watched Preacher, you should go watch Preacher because she is spectacular in that show. Um, and it's crazy because she's like super British. She's like this. She has this crazy. I think it is she. I don't know what her what um, British type of British accent she has, but it's like thick. And so when you hear her talk in interviews and then you hear the way she does like an American accent, like various American accents, it's it's really crazy to think about. Um, oh, she's she's Irish. Irish. There we go. I was like, oh, it's not Scottish. Uh, I don't want to like say the wrong thing. Yeah, she's like 
her, her accent is like super thick, a uh, thick Irish accent when she speaks in interviews and stuff. It's so crazy. I'm always amazed that ev- people can do American accents so well. Um, I don't know. It's, Cause I, I feel like Americans can't do that as well for British accents and other accents. No, um, and, and I do, th- I, it's interesting because the, the people who you give a pass to, because I think that there are some people who are just such good actors. I don't care, but like Anthony Hopkins never actually sounds like he's from anywhere. Like I always, yeah. I always think of, uh, of Hannibal when I think of, of British actors or, or non-American actors who don't really pull off the accents well, but who we let slide because mm-hmm. like, like that famous line in, in a, uh, Silence of the Lambs, where he's like, you know, fava beans and a nice Chianti. It's like, where, oh my where is he from? Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 who talks like that? When it is a good good performance, you don't really care. Yeah. I, I, but I don't know. That's uh, she she does do a really great job. I feel like you can't tell at all in this and in Preacher, she's just really good. Like, like yeah. her accent is, is also very defined as a Southern accent. She's just yeah. excellent. Definitely. Um, so anyway, the the lovely Ruth Nega takes takes notice as Raina and um she asks, you know, she asks the street performer to see more. Um, and he introduces himself as Chan Ho Yin. Um, and they go to his apartment and uh she sees all these Houdini posters on his wall and he starts to talk about his love of magic and Houdini and then his powers and how that's like all the Houdini stuff is is not real. It's all just you know charade and and entertainment. But his powers are real. And um, Reina seems almost like fanatical and weird about it. I don't know. It's like you can tell something's like a little off about her. And she's like, you know, she's like, I believe in you. This is amazing. This is a gift. Um, close your eyes. And it's you know she seems like she's seducing him and he opens his eyes and there's these two dudes in fireproof suits and they knock him out and take him elsewhere or what we're assuming is elsewhere (laughs) so obviously her i don't know i feel like we see throughout the rest of this episode that she plays that super weird fanatic role and she's like playing him obviously but I feel like throughout the rest of the season, we still see that side of her. So it's, I don't know, like we'll talk about it a little bit more in the spoiler section, I guess. But um, Raina confuses me a little <laughs> at times. I, sometimes it's hard to tell what she buys into and what she's using to manipulate, manipulate people. people because yeah. she's a master manipulator. And, and I think that that's not too much of a spoiler just because we see that in this, in this yeah. brief sequence that she's very adept at manipulating uh, Chen Ho Yin in just yeah. a, a few seconds of knowing him. And even um, other characters she manipulates as well um, to their detriment. So um, anyway, let's continue. Um, so now we're back. Or we're on the bus for the first time this episode. Yeah, we, haven't, uh, well, we haven't got very far. Yeah, because we, had like, we had really good guest uh, appearances already. We it's, did. It's Bruce Mega and Jimmy O. Yang's fault for blowing up so much since this uh, episode first day. I know. Um, so Ward and Sky are playing Battleship and bonding, and it's very cute. And May and Colson are like standing in the doorway, looking on as proud parents. And there's like this moment where it almost seems like May. I mean, May is talking about like going to go like 
practice um, combat with him, like, oh, like the good old days. And it's almost like a a weird, like older mom and dad conversation. Like, hey, let's, you know, spice no, things is. up a bit. It's just well, really it's, cute. It's, it's, <laughs> I think that you, you there's clearly an intimate relationship between them. But I think that this is sort of the first moment that there's that romantic angle explicit. Yeah. Or, 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 uh, or it's like a playing at romantic angle. Yeah, it's very yeah. playful, but but I feel like it's it's actual subtext and not just fans being like, I think two pretty people should be together because that's how we yeah. all are all the time in fandoms. And that did happen in those first four episodes with every potential pairing, I'm sure. Yeah. But I think that this is the first time that you get the feeling that the writers are already aware of it or maybe they're becoming aware of it like because of the just the way the story is evolving and the way the yeah. actors are. But they are uh, awesome and have great chemistry and they very much have that mom and dad vibe. They do. And it's so cute. Um, the ship for for them is Felinda because May's first name is Melinda, if, in case you guys didn't know that. <laughs> uh, I don't think we've ever mentioned that on, on the show, actually, but it is that is her name. Um, so, yeah, this is the the, the ship for for Felinda is is um uh, being planted here. <laughs> yeah, they really do like everybody but Sky because they don't have a last name for her at this point. Everyone else, go, do, they very much do the spy go by the last name. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think we've been introduced to Fitz's first name either, which is Leopold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think you're right. I think. Yeah. I, think I don't think we learn it until later this season. Well, do we learn it in, in the previous episode? In. Uh, the one I don't about, think so. About him and, and Simmons? I don't think so. Hmm. You might be right. Yeah. I thought we did learn her name. I thought we I thought we heard Gemma in the previous episode, but we might not have. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking like uh I barely know he's Grant Ward. Like I think of him as I know. Ward. Like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah. As Ward every time. I, I the rest of them I know, but his like I, I just barely register it. I think um war I think Grant Ward was mentioned in the pilot mm-hmm. to be honest I think that's the only reason cuz I think I put it in the notes specifically I was like trying not I was trying to be consistent and not introduce first names until we learned them but yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> that obviously just went out the window um all right so May and Colson are looking on as proud parents they get an alert from the shield comms or whatever that red flashing logo is on the screen um and they find out that the street performer chan ho yin uh was on the index for powered people there is a shield index and sky is kind of aghast about it um but he was considered low risk so he had a case manager agent kwan and he did not check in with his case manager and so they realized that he was missing um so they get on skype with agent kwan and they he uh, he's going over, you know, the guy's apartment and the scene of the crime, what have you. And he's like, well, it's very clear that someone took him and that they knew about his power because they left behind a piece of the flame proof suit. And so they knew that he had fire power, pyrotechnic power, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he also mentions that their data stream was hacked by none other than the rising tide. And everyone kind of looks at Sky and she's like, whoa, shit. <laughs> um, so Sky is in in Coulson's office with Ward because Ward is her SO. When I first watched this, I was like, why is Ward in there? Like, that seems random. But then I realized, oh, he's her SO. He should be there. Um, 
Sky feels really judged and she's like trying to defend herself. And surprisingly, Ward takes her side and is like, well, you know, go do your thing. So she goes off to trace the hack. Um, and then meanwhile, in Hong Kong, Chan wakes up and Raina and he's in this like really nice room and Raina's in the room and she starts talking to him and he, she's starting to manipulate him and is appealing to his need to be known and recognized for his abilities. And it's really cute. She like refers to Steve Rogers and she's like, do you know who that is? And she's like, no, you know who Captain America is, though. And so she gives him this name Scorch and asks him to participate in some experiments to better understand his power. Um, so back on the bus, Sky traces the hack to this well-known hacker named Miles, who is played by Austin Nichols, who was dating Chloe Bennett for a bit, oddly enough. Um, Wait, slight, slight uh, <laughs> sidetrack. We never got a Logan Paul uh, appearance on this show at any point, right? Uh, I don't know, but I hope not. I don't think so, because he's like a YouTube dude, right? I really, hope, not- I really hope we don't in the beginnings of the new season before they... Uh, but yeah i don't even i you know what i didn't go back to look to see if they started dating before he was a guest made a guest appearance on shield or after um i believe it's probably after to be honest they were dating for a while interesting but yeah um he's uh, austin nichols was on uh the walking dead that's like the most recent thing that he's been on um but anyway so um they find out that he's in austin texas and um, Fitz mentions how this hacker Miles is known for hacking the Kremlin. Uh, and he got that photo of Putin shirtless on horseback, which is kind of a funny, like, current event <laughs> um, nod, I guess, for the time. Um, so they go to Austin and they figure out like what coffee shop he was at. And so they're like staked out trying to find him. Ward is like standing outside the coffee shop and he sees him and uh, Miles sees him, Ward staring at him and he gets spooked and he runs off. And so Ward gives chase. He loses him. Coulson takes over in this car uh, and he also loses him. And Miles goes to his own apartment and Sky is already in there. And apparently she tipped him off um, to warn him. And they have this whole conversation and then they start making out and then they have sexy time. And uh, <laughs> apparently they know each other. Um so after in the in the afterglow, um, Sky is sitting there in her underwear, and she pulls this tiny little like SD card out of her bra that we saw her grab from her van in uh, the pilot episode when she leaves her van, um, and she's kind of talking with him about how don't screw this up for me, like I I'm finally inside Shield, it's off limits, like you can't do this. And um, she's like looking her for her shirt. She has to get back to her team and she opens the door to the bedroom and May is standing there holding her shirt and she's like, oh, fuck. So the next scene is them in Miles's living room and Coulson is pissed like Sky breached their trust so hard. Um, and Fitz and, and Gemma are like working on Miles's computer or something in the background. And Fitz is like, why would Sky do this to us? Like, we've been through a lot together. And Gemma's like trying to explain to Fitz that, you know, like they probably been through a lot together, too. Like they, you know, are clearly, you know, in a deep, you know, relationship. And Fitz just doesn't understand because it's cute. He's kind of exploring his feelings for for Sky <laughs> at this moment in his very awkward Fitz way. Um, but anyway, they end up taking Sky and Miles to the bus as prisoners. Um, 
because girl fucked up. Um, so meanwhile, in Hong Kong, Chan is now in this lab with Reina and he gets uh, what we assume. I don't know if they actually say that it is centipede serum injected into his arm and he starts kind of experimenting with his enhanced firepower. He's like throwing fireballs across the room and stuff. Do you remember if they actually mentioned that it was centipede serum? I don't remember. I think they did. I think Reina just describes it as you're going to feel like super euphoric and powerful. And I think so you're we right. kinda... I think he clearly is at this point. Yeah. That's the only serum that we know of in the show, <laughs> but it's an appeared serum. Um, so maybe back on the bus, um, Sky and Miles are in this interrogation room and Miles is, t- you know, lots of idealist talk and Sky is actually defending shield and saying, you know, we're off to, you know, save someone's life and you're, you're, you are in the way of that. And Ward, um, his spy meter is up and he suspects that Miles is dirty. Like there's no way um, that he's this this much of an idealist. No one is. Um, and there's this funny scene with Coulson and May where, you know, she's kind of giving him this I told you so look. And she says, when someone breaks into my house, I don't usually invite them to stay, but that's just me. <laughs> and... Um, Simmons and Fitz and Ward discover that Miles actually sold the information for money and Sky is pissed because, you know, I think she says no one with good intentions pays that kind of money for information. And Miles is trying to defend himself saying, you know, I traced, you know, the bank and the company and it was just this rich girl in this flower dress and she just, you know, it seemed harmless and I even traced it back to this eco research firm where they do experiments on centipedes and he says, what could be more harmless than that? So they know that centipede is involved in Chan's abduction. So back in Hong Kong, the doctor from episode one with um, Mike Peterson uh, is is there. So she's a part of this experiment and her and Raina are discussing Chan's platelets as the key to stabilizing the centipede serum and preventing people from exploding. Um, they are somehow fire resistant. So Raina totally played him and they are like, okay, go, go drain Chan's platelets. And it's, I just posted on actually on our Twitter, my notes for this were Raina and doctor are bitches. So yeah. <laughs> um, so Miles and Sky are still in the ter- interrogation room talking and they're kind of having this it's a heart to heart but it's a tense heart to heart cuz Sky is super disappointed in him and it's just like I don't even know you dude and Miles is like at least you know what you're looking for and he mentions like you know I thought you were who I was looking for and so uh, we'll talk about this more in the spoiler section, but this kind of brings... Well, no, because I think by the end of the episode, we actually um, do learn what Sky's secret is and what she is looking for. Um, so we'll get to that in a little bit. Oh, and when we get back to uh, the bus, they identify that they were working for the organization Centipede. Right, and, right, and right, right. And mentioned that, you know, that there is far reaching from both LA all the way to Hong Kong. Yep. Uh, so, so we get two Centipede references, even though I don't think... I, I'm pretty sure you're right, but they don't name the serum as the centipede serum, but they have someone talking about doing research on centipedes. And then we have shield being like, it's centipede is behind it. Yeah. So yeah. We, we get hints. And I think too, they discuss like 
what kind of organization is this that has this far reach? Yeah. And, you know, so they realize they're starting to realize that this is much bigger than they first suspected when they just had them in LA. Um, so they go to Hong Kong and Colson, Ward, and Agent Kwan infiltrate the centipede lab to get to Chan. But Tr- Chan grabs the serum and injects himself with it and he kills Kwan and kind of goes nuts. And Ward has to uncuff Sky to get her help because they've locked down the building and so they can't get in to extract them. And Kwan starts throwing fireballs at Coulson and May. And Coulson tries to use the night-night gun and Chan kind of creates this weird like fireball shield around him so the rounds can't penetrate. And Coulson's like, well, I tried. I guess it's plan B now. So now Miles gets uncovered to help as well and he's kind of like in the situation room with everyone he's like wow this is really cool so in the next scene Raina is walking to the elevator with the doctor I don't even think she has a name she's just the doctor to be honest and Chan comes up from behind them and Raina is in the elevator and she's like bye and closes the door and leaves the doctor there um, at Chan's mercy and he incinerates her which was super gruesome for a network family show I think this is like one of the first episodes where we get like something super like visually violent i mean i'm trying to think it was pretty rough i was like oh my god i can't believe they just did that so colson shows up and he's like we don't want to hurt you but we have to (laughs) and may injects chan with what i'm assuming is more centipede serum because it causes him to explode oh by the way they've drained his platelets at this point so when he is ejecting fire from his hands he's his skin is like burning up because his platelets aren't protecting him anymore so now that he has more centipede serum in him it's assumed that he will explode and so miles on his end is directing the blast out of the ventilation shaft so that the building doesn't i don't know I don't really understand the point of that, but it's protecting them somehow. (laughs) Um, So everyone else is standing outside and Ward sees that Coulson's upset. And he's like, you can't save someone from themselves, sir. And he's looking at Sky. This line is is very telling. (sighs) (laughs) Talk about that in the spoiler section. Um, So back on the bus, Miles gets a fancy bracelet that lets him not get near or use an electronic device. And they are like, "Okay, go home now. And he's like, wait, we're in Hong Kong. And they're like, yeah, bye. Good luck, which sucks. But whatever, dude, you sold out. (laughs) You sold out this dude and then he died. So thanks. So May and Ward are at the bar drinking together and Sky comes over because she's like, well, this might be my last, you know, moments on the bus. And she's trying to say goodbye or like, you know, whatever she's trying to do. And they're super cold towards her because she betrayed them. And I think. Yeah, I don't know. I won't say what I think, but whatever. (laughs) So. Uh, Sky and Coulson go into Coulson's office and he's like, you know what? Like you're hiding something. It, now is the time. Give it up now or we're done. You're you're gone. And so she gives up her secret finally. Um, this is some, a moment we've been waiting for since episode one. Um, essentially, she's been trying to figure out where she comes from and she's traced her origins back to this one redacted document that is stamped by S.H.I.E.L.D. And this is why she worked so hard to infiltrate shield was so she could figure out where she came from and Coulson kind of softens a little bit. Um, but he's still like, Nope, you still have to deal with the consequences. So she gets a fancy little bracelet too. Um, and now we're in a prison <laughs> and Raina is talking to this dude that's in prison through the little phone systems. And they're having this kind of ominous conversation and someone named the clairvoyant is mentioned. 
<laughs> so there'll be more on that later. Yeah, it's, that's that's definitely important when we get to uh, spoilery. So um, I know you have some information about Scorch. Yeah, Scorch is in sort of an interesting character. Some of the sources online have, uh, I think, misattributed him to being somebody he's not, uh, in addition to someone he kind of is based on. It's vague. There's a character with a a Chinese surname, but is who's implied because of the characters he's associated with to maybe be related to a Vietnamese character who's previously established, so he might not even be. Chinese, but uh, uh, this this character is named uh, Tommy Ng, and his he goes by Scorch, and has basically the same pyrokinetic powers. And uh, he's an Asian American man who's originally kind of associated with uh, enforcing a uh, kind of acting as a enforcer for drug dealers and gangsters in New York City, and then eventually uh, goes legit, but is still working for kind of shady uh, pharmaceutical companies but it's sort of uh, both a businessman and using his powers when he needs to, which is, I don't know, I don't even know, but it's the, you know, comic book world. And it's, I guess not that different from a Netflix show about Marvel stuff. (laughs) uh, I really think about it, but uh, it's, it's an interesting, uh, interesting character that he is associated with because he uh, only really appeared in issues, both in flashback and in present day of a series called night thrasher first appeared in night thrasher 13 in 1994. Uh, And the character night thrasher is uh, one who is near and dear to my heart where Dwayne Taylor was a kid whose parents were murdered before his eyes. He was a millionaire. He's basically (laughs) a young black Bruce Wayne. But when he became Batman, he became a character named Night Thrasher. And Thrasher refers to skateboards. Oh, cool. People know from Thrasher magazine. And he is one of, I believe, at least three young, like either teenage or young adult, black skateboard-themed characters at Marvel from this like 80s, 90s era. At one point, uh, the prolific creator... Dwayne McDuffie, who is responsible for like the uh, the Milestone Universe at DC, which includes like the character Static at the Static Shock TV show, as well as like he executive produced all the DC animated stuff. So like if you like Justice League Unlimited and Justice League and all the the movies that came out after that, then he made those. And he had prolific runs on on a lot of comic books over the years, and had a really great Fantastic Four run, and uh, which Black Panther and Storm. Uh, temporarily joined the team and he was just a great creator but he, he had an awesome fake pitch when he worked at marvel i think as an editor and writer oh, nice. in the 90s which, which is about a team basically like just making fun of how weird it was <laughs> that there were these three overly similar skateboard themed uh black youth superheroes <laughs> <laughs> so then joint like creating a team of uh there's basically like Ninja Turtles, but young young black kids on skateboards. And he's just like, this is really weird. I mean, and, and it was the 90s. Like, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> it, that, like, I could have been really successful, for sure. But uh, it was always a character. He, he came out when I was a little kid, and I was fascinated with him and really enjoyed him. He was the leader of this team, the New Warriors. I think he got his own comic book as well. And uh, for a giant spoiler for uh, for New Warriors comics, it was this long, like convoluted story. And it was this this rich kid who was basically Batman banded together all these characters. Uh, you know, this team, and most of them were pre-existing characters from the Marvel Universe, like Firestar, who is from Spider-Man and his amazing friends, and Nova, who is uh, in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies uh, a little bit, like referenced in those. 
yeah, just a bunch of these different young characters. And the really cool, weird reveal for Night Thrasher was his Alfred was a uh, Cambodian woman uh, named Ty, who was this uh, elderly woman who helped raise him. And it turned out she was actually behind his parents' assassination. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> but but did it to to mold him into this, into Night Thrasher, into like the perfect warrior. Like it's insane. And it's so bonkers, but it was so much fun as a little kid, like reading it for like a year and a half and then getting to this point, like two years into the comic book where they had this crazy reveal and seeing that it was something that they'd actually planned the entire time when so often that stuff is pulled off at the last minute yeah. in comics and, and in movies and TV. Like you look at like something like Lost or whatever, where they change horses in midstream, which is fine. Sometimes it's better creatively, I think. Mm-hmm. But it's just interesting when you see something that was, the seeds were planted like two years before and someone was just waiting patiently especially back then because they had more longer lead time so it meant that like they probably were working on that comic for like three and a half years yeah. before they got to that reveal but yeah it, it just provided them a character who i think is a mutant in the comic books which segues nicely into uh the spoiler section because we're going to learn a lot about inhumans in the show yeah and one of the things that this character is is an inhuman uh is in marvel was really pushing inhumans as a property both in the comic books and starting with shield and then the failed miniseries this last summer uh with uh the what do you call it with um them on television as well and they potentially uh the summer and fall of 2017 they wanted to like make it into a big imax push like like originally they wanted humans to be a, a theatrical release but moved it to tv it was something that they really wanted to put all their their money behind and their power behind because they didn't have complete control of x-men because the x-men was owned by fox and it's a very similar concept because it's just a bunch of people out there of the potential to become in humans because of their genetic uh, history do you so i have a question more of like a business question do you think because the inhumans tv show kind of failed spectacularly like they were pushing even harder for the fox acquisition <laughs> I mean, maybe and in part because they couldn't pull it off in the comics either. Like right. they pushed over and over and over again. Currently, there's a miniseries called Death of the Inhumans. Oh my God. And it's, and they've gone from having like three titles a month to having nothing. Wow. And one of them was really t- heavily tied to uh, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. because it was starring uh, Daisy, who I guess if we go into our official spoiler yeah, section. Yeah, I'll do that real quick. <laughs> so this is now the spoiler section if you are not caught up through the end of season five peace all right that's what you got all right now daisy <laughs> yeah uh daisy became uh kind of the star of one of these books uh because daisy is as we know an inhuman yes uh and we know through reina and her job like reina does work for centipede mm-hmm. but she, she works she for also, someone else yeah she's also a, a an inhuman and then in, uh, all that stuff's gonna pay off down the line um but yeah. So I'm really excited to like finish this season because I was kind of looking through the episode synopses um, of the next, like the upcoming episodes and like episodes towards the end of the season. I didn't realize like how fast this starts moving through this timeline. And I like don't have a good memory of how Sky's dad is somehow involved in this. And they're just like somehow using Centipede to like, I don't even know. Like, I can't even remember like how this, because I know Raina is working for Sky's dad or Daisy's yes. dad. And then. Well, and I think that it connects to Centipede because 
he's unlocking, like he's trying to figure out, I think, how to use inhuman research to create superpowers in non-inhumans. Right, he, right, right, right. He is a normal human. Right. And in the comic books, he is uh, originally, Hyde, right. he is the only source of her powers. Or uh, yeah, he's, he's uh, Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Is in, is in both uh, versions, his name is Calvin uh, Zabo, and he is a, like a scientist who experiments on himself, just like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, mm-hmm. creates this crazy, monstrous persona, where he's basically like a non-green Hulk with an awful Beatles haircut, <laughs> and wears a, a green suit in the comic books, and I think sometimes a cape, which is pretty rad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, he's a bit different. And her origin originally will tie in to the next episode that we cover, which I think we'll skip, not the actual next episode, but um, you'll you'll hear them all in order. But but, (laughs) but, uh, there's an interesting thing tying to her origin with an upcoming episode a little bit to her for the way it was originally presented. But originally she just inherited powers from having been experimented on. Oh, interesting. uh, Like like by her dad in the womb, I think. And more than that, him having experimented on himself as well. And now it's tied into the fact that he was trying to replicate inhuman abilities. Right, right. In the show, which I think it works. It was interesting. They they definitely changed the way the character was a little bit as far as her origins went in the comics to kind of transmogrify her into this, uh, into, into fitting in with Sky. And, uh, you know, it's in, it works, uh, I think. And it, it is, it opens up this bigger can of worms with the Inhumans that continues on, like uh, we were saying, vaguely hinting at. I mean, with the Kree plot, that's it was all about Inhumans mm-hmm. in the first half of the season. And in the second half of the season, still kind of tied into her being an Inhuman and her destiny uh, uh, for for uh, for Daisy with the uh, the world killer yeah, stuff. The, so the destroyer of worlds. Yeah, God, I love how even the end of season five is like tying back to all this stuff. It's like so cool. I was going to ask you: Is Raina in the comics? No. Okay, so she's a, an original character for the show. That's cool. Yep. Ex- yeah. Excellent. So I think we kind of discuss. Well, the other thing I was going to say, um, kind of completely off topic from Inhumans and Daisy and Raina and all that is it seems like every episode now we're getting this like shitty ironic line from Ward. <laughs> He's like they're laying it on thick in retrospect. There's at least one line every every episode now because you guys all know now by now how I, I love to shit on on Ward and talk about how much I hate him in the spoiler section. We're gonna discuss in episode seven actually is a very like Ward fits relationship building episode that ugh, it's very conflicting, but we'll get to that another time. Um also while we're on the subject of Ward, I think we start to see the beginnings of this weird Ward May relationship. Like when they're drinking at the bar and they're kind of having this like very exclusive bonding moment slash conversation and they're just shut sky completely out i mean for multiple reasons but it's a little weird i don't like it <laughs> i don't know so no it's not comfortable not it's at very all. uncomfortable making um and i'm trying to think like if i didn't know what's to come if i would be uncomfortable with it and i'm st- and i thought about it and i still am uncomfortable with it so <laughs> i don't I, I don't know what it is it, i think it's just because may and i we don't even know anything about her or like her relationship status or anything like that but i just feel like ward is a little skeevy i don't know (laughs) it's like you can tell that there's like not you can tell that like sky is into ward based off of just like i don't know she's a little like flirty and like comfortable with him and she it might be just like that she's mistaking it for admiration or she's mistaking ad for ad oh my god admiration <laughs> for maybe something more but i don't know it's just like this weird 
gross love triangle at this point. And it seems like it's like, dude, you guys are like family and you're all living together on this plane. Like, I don't know, whatever. It's convenience and proximity. And I guess that's fine. Get your kicks. Um, so yeah, we kind of discussed Sky's secret and like how that comes to fruition and just like the plot around that. So I think that's all I have. Um, unless you have anything else to add? I can't think of anything like, like they do. They plant a lot of long running seeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember. Do we see miles ever again? I don't remember. Um, I'll definitely, I'll, so I have a running list. So we have the guy in the red tie. We have Lola as Nick Fury's car. And now I need to add miles to that list. <laughs> do we ever see them again? <laughs> so I don't think we do, to be honest. I don't, but I don't know. I feel like um, a lot of Sky slash Daisy's hacker type stuff gets sidelined. Um, oh, for sure. When she becomes fully Daisy Johnson. Um even before that, a little bit. When, and, and, and which is interesting just because of, like I had said uh, early on, that that aspect is not from her, her you know, that was that was an aspect created for the show, mm-hmm. which was one of the things that early on made me not sure when we first find out that she is Daisy, right. if it was like a last minute decision or something they decided after the fact. But I, I don't think it was at this point, you know, with all the thing, all the long running uh, seeds that they plant clearly they knew that they were using the inhuman element and they knew that yeah. uh, her dad was mr hyde like they, they they had all this stuff planned yeah for sure but at the same time it's almost like it was just a a window for her to get to shield right like, i was like they, yeah yeah i was just they thinking drop that. it so much yeah like she developed all these skills just so she could find out she could dig into her past because she realized it you know there was yeah, nothing really <laughs> interesting it's like she did want to change the world, but the real reason she became an ex- excellent hacker was to find out about about her own her own past, not about changing the world. Yeah, it's really it's really fascinating. And when she had a different route to change the world within Shield as a Shield agent and as an Inhuman, like I guess like those skills weren't really necessary anymore, and she found a different way to kind of be positive influence. Yeah, so oh, that's very interesting. I do like that though. That that's. Other than that introspection, that's what she wanted to do, mm-hmm. you know, is help others. Like, she's a she's an interesting character, for sure. She is. Um, it's really interesting that there's, like, so much emphasis in these early episodes on her, I guess, idealism and maybe conflict within that idealism about, like, freedom of information and just kind of the dichotomy between that and protecting people as a spy and like the dissemination of information within a spy network. And we'll explore that a little bit more in episode seven, but it's just that kind of disappears by the end of season five. Like we just it does. Don't. And just <laughs> the real life politics, like you mentioned the Putin thing, this, the, in this one and, and just in general, like this dissemination of information and whether or not it's, owed to the public like like a lot of this stuff has been sidelined i feel like the most relevant politics we've gotten recently really are the framework this the end of the season before last at the end of what season four when we're dealing with real life nazis yeah (laughs) why do i I feel like they were pretty like anti-trump heavy in season four like i remember i specifically like remember tweeting about it (laughs) because i was like whoa that one did feel more political again but but, but but even the then, season. it was more vague yeah. sentiments than like the specifics that we get in this f- this first season, especially. Yeah, which it becomes less and less real world based, and that True. part of that is as Winter Soldier airs in the spring of this first season, 
everything changes for the show and it becomes like i wonder if if the hacking if the freedom of information if some of this some of the stuff that was really central to this first maybe two-thirds of his season Mm -hmm. wasn't sort of just out of necessity to make it about something before it could get to be what it was really about with the big hydra reveal right 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 yeah that's that's a really good point Mm, i don't know We'll, we'll have to We'll have to stay tuned. So yeah, we'll just have to we'll just, <laughs> just have, have to keep, keep watching. watching. <laughs> oh no, it's not like we're doing that anyway. Um, <laughs> so I think that's it. Um, you guys can find us on Twitter at Project Tahiti. You can send us an email at Project Tahiti Pod at gmail.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter personally at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. How about you? You can find me at I Snow Nothing. Like. S- like I know nothing, but with no G at the end. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Yeah, I'll check you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>